Welcome to Creative Writing, the best podcast you're listening to right now. Unless, of course, you have two devices running and you're listening to two podcasts simultaneously. In which case, the other one is probably better. Welcome to episode six. This is Ramona Sanders. Today we're going to talk about... 10 Things You Can't Live Without, and Pumping Loss, and something else. See if this will do a wheelie. A yank back and then a wheelie. All right. Thank you. Yes, a yank back and a wheelie. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode six, and thank you, Ramona Sanders, for the awesome intro. And uh, I hope your holiday season is finding you full of cheer and goodwill. I'd like to get weird with you on this episode and talk about some strange stuff as it relates to motorcycling and being a motorcyclist. I should probably quit chewing this gum. Oh, that's probably really bad for your ears. Okay, it's out. Oh, God, I was just kidding. Hey, I'm going to go spit out this gum, but in the meantime, let me make a quick jam featuring uh, Ramona and some Apple Loops. (laughs) Yink back. Yink back. Yink back. Oh, and just when you wanted it to hit another measure to finish off evenly, oh, I cut it short. Oh, oh, I'm I'm good at that. I'm good at ruining people's expectations. All right, well, starting off this episode, like I said, it is betwixt the holidays right now. Uh, I had a great Christmas with the family. I spent some time chopping wood and playing out in the cold weather with my crazy kids. And a crazier old grandpa. And uh, I did send off a package to Motorcycles and Misfits at Recycle Garage. They should be getting it today. I'm anxious to see if they they mention it on the next show. Oh, boy. And by the way, guys, I was going to put Californias or Worlds or Universes. You know, you guys know what I'm talking about. But I just left it blank. You guys fill in the blank. You guys know yourself better than me. I would put, cr- I would put the crummiest on my own. Pl- I sent off some handmade gifts, which are my favorite kind, and I, uh, I made up a cheesy award for them. I was gonna put California's best, and I thought, heck, maybe it's the universe's best. So I'll leave it up to them to fill in the space above where it says best. I got an award from a. Loyal listener that said biggest turd, but I don't think it was talking about the podcast. I think it was talking about me. Anyway, so to start this episode off, I would like to say what a wonderful Christmas I had. I got some new tools, and I wanted to talk about some tools because uh, being a total tool, I love getting tools. I got some Motion Pro tire spoons for Christmas, and I was totally jazzed because I have some old ones that are probably, um, I don't know, cast out of the fillings of deceased people's teeth from uh, some remote province in China. And they, I think I actually bent my one of my rims one time using those things, and they're the kind of thing that could you know, snap at like a moment's notice or deflect an asteroid from Earth if you threw it at it. Or you know what I mean? Like it's hit or miss and you can guess where I got them. Being a cheap mofo, I got them at Harbor Freight. And, uh, you know, I've used them to pry stuff before, really just prying tears out of my eyes as I try to use them and how inefficient they were and cumbersome and just clumsy. So I got some Motion Pro tire spoons, and uh, I'm really excited to use them. 
and I think I ate cereal with them the other day just because I wanted to use them for something right out of the box. You know, I didn't want to wait till I had to change my tire, which will be coming up soon enough. But I just wanted to break them in. I thought eating a bowl of kicks with those babies would be pretty awesome. And so I kind of wanted to talk about some tools that I would want to have on my motorcycle and that I've, I got about 84,000 cycle gears in the mail and it's like, Hey dude, Christmas, Thanksgiving, you didn't buy anything from us. Let's just slam 63,000 magazines in your face right before the new year for blowout time. See if you can get some of that. Christmas return money that you're going to get and buy something from us. Or, you know, maybe you got a gift certificate. So, yeah, they sent me a six-foot-tall pile of magazines. I just said, oh, it's just a pile of cycle gears, and they're all different. So, apparently, they sent me one from every single region. And so I was looking through it, and I saw some pretty cool tools. And I think I mentioned before I'm building a KZ kind of a... I said touring bike before, but I kind of mean adventure touring. I'm going to take that thing and ride it in ways it was not intended to be ridden. Before I jump into tools, I figure I will jump into my escapades with this bike. And if you follow me on Tumblr, you know that my family was out of town. I had a couple man cave days where I had like the full garage space to myself and I had motorcycles strewn about it in all states of disrepair. And I basically, I have a uh, KZ550F, like a sport model, and it's got some pretty sweet shocks on it and some pretty sweet forks. And basically I transferred those over to the like cruiser model, took off, um, just swapped the forks over between the two. Got my gas tank welded up. I think I'd complained about that, I don't know, let's say about two months ago. And I finally got some time to uh, fix that thing. And then I requisitioned some old fiberglass that I had laying around and going to glass up a couple things for it. Um, Basically, I'm putting a pod over it. If you've ever seen the Paravis... the tracer, um, I think they call it the Pana tracer. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do to this thing. It's gonna be 16 feet long with a canopy over it. Um, it's gonna have to have outriggers. It's actually gonna have wings and skis. You're gonna be able to take it in the air and in the water because you know what is an adventure tour if it's really uh, not an adventure. So anyway, enough bullshitting. None of that's true. I'm just gonna. Um, get right here to my list of tools for adventure riding. So, hey, flipping right through this thing, I see that uh, Sadichi has a ton of apparel out, and uh, I apparently they heard my complaints. <laughs> yeah, I know they were listening to the show, and. I saw some gear in here for chicks that's not uh, pink. I mean, it's like high-vis yellow, which is like almost worse. I'd rather wear pink than high-vis yellow, but still, at least it's not pink and black. Your only options anymore. You got like high-vis yellow and kind of a gray. I noticed that in the, the back, just like where all the generic tools are. You know what? This is probably like Harbor Freight for motorcycles. I don't know. Is this stuff like trackside stuff one step up from J.C. Whitney? I have no idea. I have a pair of trackside bars, and they seem to be okay, but all this other stuff, I don't know. They got this pretty cool USB charger adapter that goes into like a 12-volt socket, and it's only $5.99. And I thought, that's kind of cool. Now that everything's going from the old cigarette lighter, you know, 5-volt output to USB. You could uh, plug that maybe into your accessory sockets. And then you don't, maybe you have an older bike like I do, or you have a bike that's not uh, set up for touring or whatever, which most non-touring bikes don't have a, I'm going to call it a cigarette lighter style outlet power adapter. Well, guess what? Right below that is your 
trackside 12 volt power adapter. So yeah, you can uh, put splice it into your harness, and there you go. You've got your your uh, outlet, your 12 volt outlet. And you can plug your little USB adapter into it. They also had some sweet HID light kits, and I went to an LED light just because my halogen was. I mean, you know, it was bright and all, but it didn't do the job. I didn't feel like the beam width and all that was all that great. And uh, I just felt the yellow light. I don't know what it is about the blue light that I can, I feel like I can see distance now at night, but I also feel like I'm blinding every single person that I ride by. And it's not a dual filament, like a dual setting LED. So my light's either on or off. And so that's kind of kind of bad, but at least it's not on the bright setting. It's just like on it just has one setting, and it's kind of like for off road Baja racing. So it's got like a nice pattern to it, and it's not a spotlight like shining, you know, straight down the road into people's eyes. But it is bright, and it does it does light up the night. So if you if I'm driving behind you and I'm blinding you in the rearview mirror, I apologize. I try to aim it like a regular headlight, you know, sort of down and let the, uh, let the fill light, you know, pick up the rest. And so I've cut this short because I'm no expert, but I think that headlights are supposed to light up the road. And I've gone on and on about how mine did just that, the job for which it was designed specifically. So I edited this out. Let's get back to the HIDs. So, but these HID ones that they didn't, I couldn't get it for my light can configuration because i don't have a bulb that you have to change the whole it's a sealed beam basically so uh, i think when i got this bike i got this bike from the original owner actually on paperwork but in real life it probably went through five different people before it got to me and it had been lit on fire and wheelied down the street and hacked apart and I think somebody actually did cut the bulb out of the original sealed beam and tried to like super glue uh, H5 in there or something like that or an H4 and yeah no didn't work so basically you when you got a sealed beam unless you buy a brand new lens and everything that'll fit that size then you can fit your HID light so you know I just changed the light altogether. So yeah, I thought those are some pretty cool tools to have if you're going to be uh, kicking it around and you need to up your ante on your your power. You know, everybody's got to have like USB stuff now for their iPad, not their iPad, the um, like their iPhones and stuff like that. And especially if you use it to take calls or if you use it to listen to music while you're riding. And I know they got like other headsets and stuff you can do that with but i just use my phone and i'm old school i uh i have a paper map taped to the visor of my helmet and um two eye holes cut through it so i can see out of course i'm not not like the world's biggest idiot but anyway yeah flipping pages is what gets hard like especially on the freeway um one time i ended up in uh, Albuquerque because I the pages were getting blown around and I thought I was going the right way and then it had flipped to like three three states over so yeah so I could probably I could probably use one of these chargers to uh, up my up my nav game and quit duct taping my phone to the handlebars get one of these proper holders that they have nowadays which reminds me let me go over to this magazine Oh, for January, that's why. See, I got one for like mid-November, December, December mid, December end, January. So that's why I have like 83. They gave me one for each week of the last couple months here of the year. So yeah, in this one, I noticed not only more Sedici stuff, which is cool because usually they're pumping the built stuff. This one has like all the heated gear and they have... Trackside grip heaters again with the trackside. Come on, trackside. Is it is it really just like J.C. Whitney? So 
Yeah, the heated gear. They got heated grip kits, which just slide on. They have a grip heater, which says it fits under your existing grips, and it just looks like a thin piece of film with some like heating element in it. I would say no, no on that, baby. Just go for the actual heated grips because they come with like little uh, wiring harnesses and everything that you need to fit it into your Dujiwama. They also have another USB outlet that doesn't plug into a 12 volt adapter. It just connects into like a hot and a ne- you know positive negative. Splice it into your wiring harness somewhere. Look, it has like a pretty cool uh, adapter, like a bullet adapter. So there's another thing you could do. They got some pretty sweet hand guards. What I wanted to talk about was, oh yeah, the billet bar end mirrors. I don't really like bar end mirrors because I split traffic. And I split some pretty hairy traffic sometimes. The other day, actually, coming back from Pasadena, a few days before Christmas, I, for whatever reason, traffic was just insane. And there's usually a lot of space in the carpool lane like between the carpool lane and the and the number one lane i guess if you don't count the carpool lane as the number one lane so for whatever reason there people were squeezing right there and i did i like had to basically slow down to i don't know like five miles an hour to go through a couple vehicles and there was like a stake bed and like an F-150 and they both had mirrors sticking out and luckily my bike was low enough to fit under their mirrors but my head like I couldn't I had to hold my breath going between them like that's I'm talking like some narrow splitting okay once again I'm going to edit this out because uh, I went on again rambling about how thick traffic was in LA which no surprise it's LA okay so what I really should have been talking about is why I had to be so careful I had some ceramic gifts that my kids had painted for the grandparents in my backpack requiring special ops reflexes. So back to the mirrors. I like having my mirror only go not even to the end of my bar. So, you know, I like my mirror mounted on my handlebar. So another cool thing that I saw was the the Mega Boost. Again, Mega Boost. I don't know the quality of these things, but... It's a main it's a tender basically and a charger, but it works with lithium ion. And if you don't know, you should never use a regular battery charger on lithium ion batteries, but you can use lithium ion chargers on lead acid batteries. So yeah, so this one covers both and it's pretty cheap. It's only like fifty bucks. So I thought that'd be something cool to throw in someone's stocking or to have with you in case you're winterizing your bike or traveling somewhere where you know they're going to have electricity. The Sedici Sentiero Waste Pack. It's basically like a fanny pack of tools. Now, if you thought getting your lunch money stole out of your fanny pack in the 80s was humiliating enough, imagine wearing this Sedici Sentiero Waste Pack around. It's only $20. And it says stylish, but I'm sorry, man. No fanny pack is stylish. I've seen a few hipsters down at the Grove trying to bring them back, but come on, dudes. Your uh, your butt purse is not impressing me or anyone else. And I, I, I would have to say you kind of look like an ADV cop with your modular flip-up helmet. Sunshade down over your eyes like smoky law, man. Your ADV jacket with 90,000 cargo pockets and your Sentiero waste pack. Come on, Batman. Whip out your tool kit and show me what you got. Yeah, no, it, it's pretty cool. If I, I really would probably bring this thing along because it's got quite an array of tools and, you know, just saves you from having to pack stuff into your underseat storage when you can put a sandwich and your registration and your passport in there. So yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Just like a stock, another stocking stuffer idea. And then, oh, here's something cool I thought would be to put in someone's stocking. Um, $500 would be cool. Just put that in someone's stocking and see how they react. Another cool stocking stuffer or gift idea that I was thinking would be really handy would be extra gr- uh, grips and extra levers. Just because... If you are riding in the dirt, if you're doing like some adventure touring or 
hooliganing on your motardy, and you go down, and it's very likely you could snap a lever. One thing I, a couple of the guys that I know that used to ride dirt quite a bit would actually loosen their levers just enough, not so that they slipped uh, while you're riding, but so that when you fell, they would have a little bit of give to them. But you can always fall the wrong way. I don't know how many bikes I've seen cruising around with the balls snapped off of the end, you know. And so always have an extra pair of levers and an extra set of grips wouldn't help, I mean, or wouldn't hurt. You go down and tear them or... I don't know, something happens, I get cut or whatnot. I, I don't know, that's something I'm going to think about throwing in a bag. Maybe some extra cables, too. Something that I really look forward to getting is rotopacks. And because rotopacks are badass, and they come in a few different sizes, they mount really easily to existing racks, and they make them for fuel, water, and I believe kerosene, maybe. Uh, there's different colored packs so that you know what's what. Maybe even oil, I don't know. But yeah, rotopacks would be like a necessity for any sort of touring or uh, overland travel sort of thing. That would have been a great gift idea. So, I'm going to put these aside. Quit shuffling paper in your ear. Email me and let me know what cool tools you got, or if you uh, didn't get, what cool tools you would like to have got this Christmas. And let's move on to something stupid. So, Christmas just happened, and the first RC213VS was delivered I guess on the 21st, somebody actually plopped down 184,000 plus destination charges and whatever else for one of Honda's basically street legal MotoGP replicas, which you won't be able to ride anywhere near its full capacity on the street. So I'm not going to bag on this fella. He probably collects them. Oh, and it says he does. He owns a motorcycle dealership in the Manchester and he's got a bunch of other collector bikes and I'm going to go ahead and quote this guy here um, directly and it says straight from his his British beautiful straight teethed mouth when I first whoa 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 I re-listened to this and this is terrible I'm not going to put that out, and I have a really bad sense of humor, really blunt, and I usually don't care who I bag on, but, man, this is, like, totally insensitive. And uh, I've listened to the interview with this fella, and I'm not replicating his his tone or his personality whatsoever. Uh, I think this should be a lesson in tolerance and respect to other cultures. Without further ado, let's get back to the story of the R.C. Turd... 13 VS. Dream come true. End quote. Thank you, celebrity impersonation by Mr. Twathead, me. So, if I'm hearing this correctly, this guy really likes Honda or something like that. Enough to join the business at 17 and then finally own a top three dealership. So, he's got an existing collection. Tetsuo Suzuki, the operating officer at Honda, ironically enough, says that, uh, you know, presenting to this guy, like to someone like this who's a dealer and who's so passionate about motorcycles uh, truly is, you know, very fantastic for them. And and they just want to, you know, keep the interest in it alive. So go for it, bro. You got your, I'm I'm not, I will, I guess there's a video for it and I can link the, uh, link the video of them handing over this thing in the show notes if you want to see that. So yeah, I don't know. If you got it's actually 188,000 euros, which includes the tax on this thing. I forgot about tax. That is over 200,000 US dollars. 200,484 dollars. Yeah. So, 
Merry Christmas to that fella. I will not be getting a Honda MotoGP RC213VS for Christmas. Ever. Never. So, it says interest in the bike has been very strong, with some customers wanting to keep in collections and others wanting to ride. You know what I think is kind of funny is I don't think any NASCAR drivers or MotoGP racers or like Formula One drivers or, you know, I could just, I could go on naming racing series for the next 14 hours. I don't think any professionally paid driver or rider likes to go home and like get on a street bike and then try to see (laughs) how fast they can drive home from the track. I think those guys probably get on a street bike or would probably get on this bike and just be like you know what all right like now i have to drive the slowest i've ever driven i have to drive like pit lane speeds i don't know it just seems like uh these bikes are for fans of speed who don't get to go that fast that often but as as a racer you know even a test rider or anything like that i'm sure that they just spend all day clobbering bikes at speeds that I would find near impossible to reach and then when they go home they don't want to jump on some clunky thing that can't you know go 200 miles an hour so that's what I liked about Dane Westby and unfortunately uh, we lost him doing what he loved but I thought it was cool that he went riding you know on a super hawk of all things you know and enjoyed riding off the track as much as he did on the track that's that's really cool a lot of these guys will do motocross or flat track to get their skills up and get their balance down but yeah i don't think a lot of guys want to go like cruising on like a 40 horsepower cruiser or anything like that after stepping off h2 for example you know what since i don't have a co-host to offer intelligent counterpoint to my insane ramblings, I'm going to go ahead and offer myself a little counterpoint and say that maybe this guy wants to collect this bike and maybe people that are interested in this particular style of motorcycle are interested in the fact that it's like a modern marvel of engineering. It's, you know, sort of a feat, you know, of of what the d- the factory is able to do and what designers are able to do and still make street legal. And there's n- obviously not going to be that many of them. And what they really want to do is, you know, preserve a piece of history, celebrate the manufacturer. Uh, I really shouldn't be uh, tutting this guy or poo-pooing this guy for uh, wanting to own one of these. And, you know... A lot of people collect a lot of things because they are a significant piece of history or they represent an accomplishment that, you know, was made in either technology or by a particular company or their fans of that particular technology or hardware or whatnot. I mean, people do it with planes and trains and all sorts of shit. So who am I to beg on Mr. John Brown for owning an RC? 213VS. What an asshole. Something else I discussed over the Christmas holiday with a family member was uh, I'm going to do a lot less bagging on hipsters and all that in 2016 because we need we need people like that. I, I don't have a problem with hipsters. What I have a problem with is People profiting on beard wax and mustache wax because Johnny Hipster has to have a three-leveled mustache pointing in every direction. Like, that would make Salvador Dali incredulous, you know? And beard wax and all these new fucking hairstyles that everybody's trying to give me when I go in to get my hair cut someplace. I just want to be regular, man. So the reason I bring this up is because we were I was talking with the family member about the Ducati Scrambler and hipsters didn't actually come up. I was so excited. What did come up was the fact that 
I always bag on bikes being like 800 and a thousand pounds and or I'm sorry, 800 and a thousand cc's, you know, 1200 cc's and being too heavy to scramble. And then my uh, my relative brought up the fact that you know the Scrambler 62 is 402 pounds and I thought yeah you know that's a little heavy but do you know it's doable um well it turns out that the Icon the full throttle and the flat track pro which are the 800 cc models are only 410 pounds and the classic is at 424 and the urban enduro is at 423 so we're talking like 10 to 20 pounds heavier for double the displacement. When you when you put it like that, I guess it's just cost is what's gonna make you buy a 400 cc scrambler at that point. And I did not realize that they probably just re-sleeve, you know, just put different jugs on basically, and. That's the whole weight right there is like the pistons and the jugs. And, um, yeah, I kind of thought about how much crap I've talked this year about scrambling these huge hunks of shit out in dirt that weigh, you know, 600 pounds and whatnot. But then I'm looking at it, and when an 800cc bike can be the same weight, basically as the 400cc bike I think maybe I better shut up and start reading some numbers I write motorcycle technical information for a living and I honestly don't do Ducati so yeah and I didn't really look at the numbers real closely but I'm thinking now that the XSR900 and the Scrambler and the W800 from Kawasaki all these bikes, I'm taking a second look at them, thinking maybe you can. I mean, it still is a heavy, heavy load. It's like a tank out there. All right, I'm editing this afterwards, and the XT and WR250s from Yamaha come in at just under 300 pounds, so about 130 less than the Scrambler. The DRZ400 is about 100 pounds less, and the DR650 is about, uh, you know... 50 pounds less. So that should put it into perspective. I'm going to quit bagging on the Scramblers. Their advertisement on Duc- on Scrambler Ducati or whatever their site is, scramblerducati.com. There is literally about 20 seconds of bike in there and about five minutes of surfing, skating, and partying on the beach in a bikini. So I'm still going to make fun of those things. And beard wax and riding around in some Swedish dress shoes. I don't know. All right. Enough rambling. Let's uh let's get on to the first segment of the show. It's about damn time. Don't yell at me. Krampus. Christmas Krampus? Well, well, well. If it isn't my old friend Krampus, the guy that used to come and shit in my stocking every Christmas when I was a bad boy. Every, I shouldn't say Christmas, it's a, he's a, he's a pagan figure. He is, uh, he's part of like the Austro-Bavarian folklore set. He comes around during the holiday season, during the Yule season, and, uh, he mostly eats and steals little boys and leaves little girls alone because he is the antithesis of the Christmas spirit. How you doing today, Krampus? I'll tell you what. I'm not doing good. I don't like how you bag on hipsters all the time. I don't I have, like hipsters. Listen, dude, I don't have a problem with hipsters. Don't call me dude. All right, well, Krampus, I was just about to go over uh, the first segment of the show, which is 10 Things You Can't Do Without. It's based off an article in Cycle World uh, about 10 pieces of modern technology that no motorcyclist should be without or something like that. 
And I was just uh, noticing how different it was from the 10 things that I can't live without. Well, you've made it this far without a brain, so I hope that isn't one of them. <laughs> oh, dude, you're cold. Cold as ice, Krampus. You'd be cold as ice, too, if you had to run around on Krampus knocked, punishing all the little bad kids. You know, me and St. Nick were tight bros, but there was a whole lot of shit going down this year. All right, that's cool. What does that have to do with motorcycling? Not a damn thing. All right, Krampus. Well, I'm going to go ahead and name off something that Cycle Gear said every motorcyclist should have. Okay. Ten things you can't live without. Mm. Maybe that was the ten things they can't live without. But let's go ahead here and do this. All right, let's hit this, hit this first motherfucker. All right, so this first motherfucker. Let's go back to the summer, and, and uh, let me preface this by saying that I received this email in my inbox over the summer, so I've had quite a while to think about it. And, um, you know, I'm, I was looking over this list a while back, and I noticed that it was in Cycle World. Oh, Cycle World. And, um, they kind of stayed in here that motorcycling is changing at such a high speed that technology is becoming... Uh, you know, what once was a high, high level technology is basically becoming standard. And I know from working in the industry that BMW is uh, leading the way, making ABS standard on all their bikes. Now mm-hmm. I've kind of seen everybody doing it. I think one of the hosts mentioned in a past episode how a lot of the Harleys that had optional ABS now have standard ABS this year. And you're just seeing it along with coupling with like with traction control coming on more and more and more and ride by wire. Um, even, you know, even some cruise, a lot of cruisers are going to like ride by wire stuff. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. one of the first things they say they can't live without is, uh, electronic suspension. Oh yeah. I love me some electronic suspension. Um, I didn't even think you rode. I've been seen on a bike now and then. Okay. What kind of... Bicycle. Okay. With electronic suspension. (laughs) Right. Okay. Well, Mr. Fancy Pants. Uh, So they say that it's the next big thing in motorcycling, and uh, the YZF R1 has it, or the R1M, I guess, and... A whole bunch of BMWs have what they call ESA2, which is electronic suspension adjustment. And uh, used to be, uh, you can, you know, push a button and change it on the fly. Some of them you got to stop. But I know the uh, S1000RR has dynamic damping um, starting, I think it was 2015 is when it started. And yeah, I mean, the GS has had it, have had it forever and I think the F series might have it, like all of their um, adventure touring bikes, whether it's, you know, I think the 650, like the Sertau and all that stuff might even have it. I can't remember right off the top of my head, but I know that I've uh, worked on those bikes um, before, you know, technical information and just seeing that stuff was just everywhere. And more, I think the... uh the S1000 might have it. The S1000X. Um, <laughs> I can't even remember these model names. There's so many freaking model names that I, you know, see every day at work that I start forgetting what it's called. But I think that's what the uh, their kind of um, multi-strata looking bike is called. The S1000X it has also the dynamic damping and. It's not just ESA. It's like, you know, on the fly ESA. And I have to say the, uh, you know, they say that whether you're on the highway or whether you're in the twisties, the press of a button will set the, uh, you know, the rates and, and do all the work for you. You know, you don't have no more getting off and like adjusting preload and all this junk. And, you know, if you go way vintage or, you know, 80s you know where you have you i mean you had like minimal adjustments you know what i mean and then in the 90s they you could adjust preload and damping and all that stuff but preload. I mean, you had to get off the bike and do it go out and ride see if you liked it get off the bike and, i mean you can literally start changing this stuff on the fly 
with the press of a button nowadays. And so that's what they uh, claim that they like. So now I would like to say what I like. And I like like suspension that works. Okay. Um, I don't like when I put on the brakes and I feel like I'm doing a stoppy and it's just because I brake dive, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't like when I hit a pothole and I feel like I'm going to get flung off the bike. I'm sorry, not a pothole, but even like a seam in the freeway. And I feel like I'm on a bucking Bronco. Um, you know, I've ridden <laughs> bikes that were so stiff. It was like riding a two by four or a hardtail. you know? Oh, hell yeah. I've ridden bikes that were so sloppy that you felt like you were sloppy on a wave, like your mama. you know, like sitting on a, on a surfboard, just going over rollers all day long. So yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't surf. Suspension in general. I would like some good suspension. So nothing I've ever ridden has had ESA, but uh, I could just do with some nifty shocks. You know what I'm saying? No fancy shit for me. Okay. Well, good for you. What's the second thing on your list? Okay. Well, it's not my list. It's their list. But, okay. Um, their the lean list. angle sensitive Jeez. ABS. And I don't know if I just mentioned this with the... S1000RR is the first place I saw this where you lean into a corner. You know, the lean angle sensors used to be like if your bike tipped over, it would shut your gas off and kill the engine, basically kill switch. And nowadays, what the lean angle sensor does... Oh, shit, am I losing audio? No, you're good. Nowadays, what the lean angle sensor does is it detects how far you're leaned over. And you can apply the brakes, and it will not lock them up based on your angle of lean. And conversely, you can get whack the throttle, you know, wide open, and it will not spin the tire. And I believe it was called wheelie control. Um, I, you know, the later called it traction control, but the first iteration of it, I think they called um, wheelie control or anti-spin or something like that. And everybody's coming out with it. And the new thing. I it's, I don't know if it's on this list or not. The new thing I will talk about is uh, something I mentioned um, with the Kawasaki rep at, at the uh, IMS. And uh, it's how they're controlling all this sort of stuff. So they really like the um, ABS that BMW, KTM, and Ducati has. And they were talking about the first time they ever rode the, the 1190 Adventure R on... Um, I guess they were riding on the dirt mm-hmm. and in the, in the past, like I know a BMW had it where you could shut the ABS off if you were on dirt, Yeah. but now, uh, they're so impressive that they can kind of, they, you know, they take that into account and if you want to lock the rear to turn corners or whatever you want, you can still do it as long as you're on, uh, if you're on dirt, you don't need to shut it off anymore. Or any of that stuff. So, I mean, they, their bikes are getting mm. so smart nowadays. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you know, they even monitor how far you're leaned over in a corner. If, you know, if they're, if it's wet or slippery, you can break and and not slide out, you know. And, and in the past, the rudimentary ABS would help <laughs> you. But, I mean, mm-hmm. nowadays, it's pretty much like doing the braking for you. Mm-hmm. So, Sweet. what I would like... Yes. Is brakes that work. Okay. Um, one of the bikes I have is a dual drum, and it stops it fine because it's not real heavy, but you know what? I mean, I've been in a couple uh, panic situations on that bike before, and it's not fun uh, risking, not risking, but... Uh, Shitting your pants? Seeing your life flash before you because <laughs> you have right. dual drum brakes. And also... I've ridden some bikes that were, you had to squeeze the brake lever so hard. They were just old disc brakes, you know, and it felt like trying to break a tree branch, you know, I don't know. Okay. That makes no sense. It's hard to describe, but the, the, the feeling at the lever was terrible compared to the feeling at the, the actual disc and the feedback that you're getting. Mm -hmm. And it just felt like you were like shaking hands with a giant. And well, that not, makes sense. Nothing's happening, and literally nothing's happening because you don't feel like you're stopping that fast. And yeah, I mean, disc brakes, old old school disc brakes, um, 
kind of have to be dialed in and sometimes they'll either, it'll chuck you over the bars or you'll squeeze it and you'll have to start breaking like two blocks before you get to an intersection because <laughs> it really it's doing all that it can and all that it can do is not very much yeah, so nothing. nothing's yeah there. breaks that work um no fancy pants abs for me i would just like uh something some binders that actually stop you when you you know squeeze the lever oh okay sweet uh next you're gonna tell me that you like to go when you twist the throttle right Oh, dude, don't steal my thunder. <laughs> yeah. The next item is Ride by Wire. Sweet. And Called it. In the article, they say, you know, Ride by Wire isn't something they can live without. But um, without Ride by Wire, the traction control is really rudimentary on the way that it's, um, like, implemented and the way that it's, what's the word I'm looking for? Like integrated or controlled? Yeah, yeah. thank you. The way that it's uh, actuated and controlled. And basically, um, with Ride by Wire, you can have different ride modes. And you can have different power delivery. You can have, you know, just several different settings that make it nice to cruise, make it nicer to ride. Maybe nicer for beginning riders or newer riders to the bike or, you know, changing situations. Same sort of thing with, like, the ESA. You know, it really lets you adjust for on the fly to changing conditions. And you don't have to worry about controlling your hand anymore. And actually, that's, I think, a lot of people that have had contentions with racing is that the motorcycles don't pardon me racing motorcycles don't um matter as much on the rider skill anymore because the technology helps to basically come in and take over where rider skill is is lacking and they i i heard um front end chatter was talking about it last time that the I believe they were saying that it's the newer riders that are coming in and riding completely different than older riders, say, you know, like Valentino Rossi. And they get the older riders get frustrated because they're riding the bike like a bike without all these gadgets on it because that's when they first started riding. That's how they how the bikes were, is that the ABS was your how gently you feathered the brake. The you know, traction control was how you balanced your, your weight and gave it throttle and leaned and your body position was important. All these things that were not mitigated by technology um, were really important. Yeah, and nope. not that it requires less skill to ride uh, a bike, you know, at that level. But no but buttons. the amount of technology that can help augment your riding style or your riding ability is just so incredible these days that the older riders exactly. apparently are having not uh, you know a little bit of trouble adjusting and these new guys just come in and it's like a video game and they just jump on and all these things help them so ride by wire isn't uh like they say in their article isn't a necessity that they can't live without but it does influence how the other systems um are controlled by the computers and all that stuff and it, they you know they link off of each other so you need them. Yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Hey, there's a buzz coming in off that microphone, and uh might want to check the settings real fast. See, so you, uh, you got like an electronic device over there or something. Yeah, that's weird. The uh, recorder just shut off, too. I had to restart this. Yeah. Okay, I is everything working now? The noise gate will get it, but I still hear it a little bit. All right, well, let's get back. I think I figured it out. Let's get back to our list here. And uh, let me pull up this list again. Yeah, I got it here, too. All right. So I think we stopped on Ride by Wire. Number three, Ride by Wire. And the next thing after that, sorry, I'm... It's cruise control. I have the list right here. Um... Yeah, the next thing being cruise control. And, of course, you need ride-by-wire to have cruise control. And once we got the ride-by-wire to come on, um, a lot of automotive-style cruise control systems, of course, again, from BMW, KTM, and Ducati. Um, You know what? Honda, not to... I I don't think that 
only these, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like boutique? Yeah, and I wouldn't even call them boutique, but, you know, these luxury brands, let's call them that. Um, okay, luxury. I don't think that they necessarily need to take all the credit for cruise control because uh, Harley has it. And after, especially after their project Rushmore <clears throat> um, renovations that they've done, they've added a lot of crap to their vehicles. And cruise control is basically standard on all the um, tourings, but it's just making its way down to the soft tails and stuff like that. So uh, Honda also has some pretty good technological advancements and cruise control being one of them um, on a lot of their bikes too so bmw ktm and ducati aren't the only ones um so i guess they picked those because they those three brand uh oems allow you to adjust your speed in one mile per per hour increments like a stepper motor style um so yeah if you're doing like an iron butt or something like that or like you're traveling I'm going to guess like more than two hours, I guess. Cruise control could be good. Drink some coffee, bro. Coffee. You know what I want? Coffee. I want to be able to cruise at a constant speed. Oh. And where I live, you can't drive for more than 20 minutes at one, one set speed. There is so much traffic. How much traffic is there? <laughs> it's like the worst setup for uh, the worst joke in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a podcast host, a Krampus, and a rabbi walk into a bar called Cruise Control. Sounds like a winner. So, hey, podcast listeners, this episode is going to run pretty long. So what I'm going to do right now is Krampy and I... It's Krampus, oh, okay, asshole. I'm sorry. Krampus and I are going to wrap it up here and we're going to make a part two that we'll release after New Year's and we'll give you the, um, you know, this will be our in-between holidays right now. So uh, I'm hoping you all had a wonderful Christmas and I hope you all have an excellent New Year. Please be kind to each other, ride safe. Um, I'll probably mention it again because I've already recorded uh some of the outro today but um in a couple days is the ride run for the roses in pasadena up to um from lucky baldwin's trappist up to newcomb's ranch and then back down to golden road brewery so that's coming up in a couple days and hopefully wherever you are there's a fun new year's ride going on and we uh have to do it here because the rose parade is like the next day and you know it's fun to ride down Colorado Boulevard, uh, all these bikes with, you know, everybody from out of state lined up uh, on the streets from, you know, like they start camping out like three days before. It's pretty incredible. So looking forward to that. Um, anyway, yeah, ride safe, happiest of holidays, no matter what holiday you celebrate. And um, yeah, let's do this outro. Uh, hey, Crampy, you want to do it? Yes. All right. I need a I need a beat here, man. Hey, wait, before you do this. Oh fuck. I know. Before you do this, uh there's a couple things I wanted to cover uh before we sign off here. And I don't feel like mentioning them in part two because um okay. if it airs after the new year it won't make sense. So I had some some pretty lofty uh goals for twenty sixteen, which is less begging on hipsters and it's really because i don't really have a problem with hipsters and uh amen brother you know i am gonna embrace um more things and you know if hipsters are what the motorcycle culture partially is uh then you need to embrace that because i like all forms of riding and uh even if I'm not into them, you know, we're all motorcyclists. We're all part of like a bigger brotherhood and sisterhood. And, and so, you know, no more bagging on hipsters. They didn't, they didn't do anything wrong except for a questionable fashion. So I'm going to also have some more creative guests on, and I know I've lost a couple interviews 
and I've got some new recording equipment, some hard recording equipment. So hopefully, uh, interviews conducted on this stuff will not disappear. And, uh, hopefully I remember to press the record button. So that, that the only thing there could be user error. So yeah, in the new year, uh, I know plenty of people that I've met through the, uh, motorcycle you met through your motorcycle? In the motorcycle world and in my very immediate motorcycle family as well that are very, very creative. And I think I mentioned in a past episode or maybe one of the other hosts mentioned the reason the impetus for calling this creative writing is because no matter whether you design motorcycles and you're an engineer, whether you're a painter, whether you design motorcycle posters, whether you're an artist, whether you take great photos, the whole... Everything that we love about motorcycles is created by the the people um, that ride them and the people that are involved with them hands on, and uh, that's in tw- in 2016. I know this is only six episodes in, so uh, in 2016 we're gonna focus on getting more of the personalities on the show, talk to them, find out about you know what's happening uh, in their lives and what they're doing to go further um, within the motorcycle culture and, and, and all that great stuff. So I'm also going to work on my bikes a lot more and I haven't so far partially because money, partially because time, um, partially because the reason that nobody does the stuff they love to do. I mean, you know, life happens and um, you just, you, I don't have any time to do anything. I have to make the time. And so uh, I just, I'm going to start making a little bit more time and still try and keep up with this uh, little son of a bitch here. So um, I'm going to work that beard game, yo, because, you know, if I want to get in here and do some clandestine recording and, you know, scope out some, some sweet people in this, in this culture and in this, and in this emerging scene, I really need to get some facial hair kicking. So I'm also going to be um, working on that spark and grind a game because I don't have enough pictures of me uh, working on stuff and throwing sparks out with like a beard and a beanie on. And uh, I mean, I should probably just add to this list of getting more tattoos, um, getting like a man purse to carry a dog in or, you know, I'll just uh, maybe an urban hatchet. I don't know. I'm just I'm going to work on some things, maybe wearing some more flannel and going riding in my vans once in a while instead of like gearing up. So we'll see. I'm just, I'm going to try and, I'm trying to get in there, um, you know, walk the walk, talk the talk and not be the total schlock. So, um, I'm going to do, try to go to a lot more racing stuff. Um, I took a lot of pictures this year, but did not do any podcasts about hardly any of it because it it had already passed. And, um, so I'm going to try and, cover some more racing and maybe do some more racing this year. It was a total blast. And, you know, hell on wheels. Uh, up here, they put on so much stuff in SoCal and they part, you know, they do a lot of crossover stuff with a bunch of their friends. And I mean, there's no reason not to go to the stuff they put on. It's just, it's great for you know, vintage, they have, a, they, they do it for everything. So if you don't, you know, if your bike's a thousand years old, uh, there's a spot for you. And if your bike's new, there's a spot for you. They, they're inclusive. And that's what, that's what I love about them. Uh, I'm going to do some more buffoonery. And, uh, I read some of the reviews that the wheel nerds got on their, in their hate mail. I thought it was actually pretty funny. I don't think, you know, there, I listen to a lot of motorcycle shows, for my professional side of my life and to keep abreast of like what's happening in the industry. And you know what, if you want to, if you want to hear a show like that, there's plenty of them out there. If you want to hear a show by a total dickhead, being a total dickhead all the time, Hey, you've come to the right place. So, um, don't expect me to review like your favorite gear because I'm very utilitarian and I will just use whatever the fuck I have that works. So, uh, I'm not going to go out and buy like a $900 jacket so you can have me tell you what it's going to look like next year. Really nice BMW because I will never have either of those things. Um, and then 
to top off this list or to round out the bottom of the list, however you look at it. I'm going to hold it upside down right now. Okay, now it's now it's at the top of the list. Is more original music, and that's uh, something I enjoy doing. It's been a part of my life ever since I was, you know, knee high to a grasshopper. Was you know, I've always been able to pick up any musical instrument and just give it a go. I built some cigar box guitars over the past couple of years, and I really like the way they sound. And so I'm going to do some more original music, probably with the help of Apple Loops, my best friend and drummer, you know. So, um, yeah, so that's that's what I'm going to work on for 2016. And hold me to it. Don't let me... Uh, fall on any of this shit and I'm because you know I'm a chicken if it you know comes down to it I might not really do some of that stuff that I said so all right so all right Mr. Krampus I will let you have your spot here at the microphone and let you let you do your thing so thanks everybody peace out uh happiest of holidays like I said and uh trying to think of some funny thing to say but uh you know I'm not funny or smart. So there you go. All right. Bye. Well said. You are neither funny or smart. So, all right. Well, do I just read this list here? All right. Well, the host of the show would like to say sorry to the following people. Ramona Sanders. Crazy Grandpa. Motorcycles and Misfits. Sadichi. Riding Gear. Trackside Products, J.C. Whitney. Actually, don't don't apologize to J.C. Whitney. They suck. Harbor Freight. Oh, oh. J.C. Whitney is basically the Harbor Freight of motorcycle tools. Good for one or two things, and that's about it. We'd like to say sorry to Built Riding Gear, Mega Boost Products, Ford F One Fifties. Pasadena CN Tiero Tool Bag. Was I here for that one? Oh, no, I wasn't here. Okay. Centiero Tool Bag. Oh, fanny packs. Oh, don't apologize for fanny packs. Those things are hideous. They're very big in Europe where I'm from. The ADV Policeman. We are sorry. And Batman. We are also sorry. Rotopacks. You know, they hold fuel, water, kerosene, and the black ones are not for oil. The black ones are for storage. Did you mention that? Uh, we'd like to say we're sorry to the RC213VS and John Brown, who was the first man to own an RC213VS. Uh, John Brown, I'll be visiting you next winter. Come December 6th, you better be here. Uh, sleeping with your pants on uh tetsuo suzuki we're sorry and it's uh, ironic that you work at honda you already said it was ironic <laughs> it is we're sorry to nascar moto gp and f1 we're sorry for dane westby brother ride in peace we're sorry to johnny hipster salvador dolly beard wax all of the ducati scrambler models from the 62 up to the flat track pro we are sorry to the paravez mono tracer what did you call it the paratracer no it's the mono tracer bro check it out we're also sorry to jay leno mika hakkinen i mean these are people that i put cold you know being from that part of the i was yeah never okay well never mind. I, I i guess i don't get to apologize to people in my profession so all right, well, does that do it then? That's out, we're out, okay. All right, y'all, peace, bitches. Next message. Next message. Hi, Dick Wade. Next message. Hi, Dick Wade. Next message. Look, shithead. Oh. It's really too windy. Hold on, something's happening. How do you think you pop a wheelie? I got a coughing kid I have to edit out. Mm. Seems like it's sort of like J.C. Whitney stuff to me. Just with the trackside name on um, it. But anyway, all these extra trackside snapback billet levers I thought was a pretty good idea. If you're going to go and 
the more and more serious I get about. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm chewing more gum because I love my gum. Bombing. Maybe uh, Turing. ADVian. Froden. Uh, hooliganing on your super motarding. Dang, well, that buzz might still be there. Um, uh, I think it's the fan, so we're just going to have to live with it. It's minor. So, I don't get it. It's a bunch of sticks. What's it called? The Rutten, rutten Bundle? Rutten Bundle. Oh, okay. And what's that for? You know, it's a measure of your good or badness. Oh, okay. And, okay, I didn't know that. And it's like in Germany? I mean, I'm not only in Germany. I mean, it's like, you know... Austria, Bavaria, Norse, Czechoslovakian, uh, uh, you know, any place that the Romans probably would have called Cisalpine, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of Gallic okay. countries and okay. all that stuff. I mean, it's not, not just Germany. Okay. You know, the German word Krampen means claw and, uh, you know, but I mean... It doesn't. It's not just there, dude. I'm. I'm just okay. as busy, and, and I'm okay. not the antithesis of of Santa Claus. Oh. I'm like his buddy. He oh. gives the kids the good toys. I give the kids the sticks if they're bad. Okay. And here, uh, you tell everybody that Santa's watching, and if they're bad, he puts them on the naughty list. Well, there. Santa is only for the good kids. The naughty list is, is my job. So it's just, you know, it's just a cultural thing. I mean, right. I don't know. You want to go talk about it over Starbucks? Yeah. It's, I'll drive. <laughs>